Let us go to the word on this morning. The spirit of the Lord is already in the word. Turn with me to Genesis 11 verse 31 on this morning. Where it reads, and Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Again, while we've read that, I just want to give the Lord praise and thanks for our music department on today and our, our singers. Let's give the Lord praise for our young people. Amen. We're riding on the wave that y'all laid out today. So thank you so much for letting the Lord use you. But I'll read it again. They went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. One more time so it sinks in. Terah took his son Abram his daughter-in-law Sarai and his grandson Lot and left Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But they came to Haran and dwelt there. And Terah died in Haran. They left Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Terah took his family and left Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But they came to Haran and dwelt there. And Terah died in Haran. Now we all know about Abraham who is known as the father of faith. The progenitor. The progenitor of an entire people that were chosen of God to be a nation dedicated to his worship and his glory. But even the father of faith, Father Abraham, had a father whose name was Terah. Now, not much is known about Brother Terah. He was nine generations after Noah, which means he was Noah's great, 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 great grandson. My great, 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 great grandfather's name was King Blake. No, that's not a joke. His name really was King Blake, born in 1803, which is odd because he was the son of a slave named King. Wrap your mind around that contradiction later on today. But Noah's great, 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 great grandson's name was Terah. 
The Bible gives no indication as to why Terah intended to move away from his birthplace. We know Terah didn't see any travel brochures. He didn't see any pictures of how beautiful the land of Canaan was. It was not like someone who made the trip to Canaan before could have picked up the phone and called him and told him or posted on their IG account how nice it was out there in the land of Canaan. You see, Ur of the Chaldeans, where Terah lived, was about 3,461 miles away from the land of Canaan. You have Ur of the Chaldeans and 3,461 miles over here you have Canaan. Incidentally, Los Angeles is 2,446 miles from New York. The trip from Ur to Canaan was 1,000 miles longer than the trip from Los Angeles to New York. I'm struggling to understand how even in the ancient world he even knew about the existence of a place called Canaan unless the Lord told him about the land of Canaan. And we're talking about Terah right now. Now I know that traditional thought has us assuming and even saying that God called Abram or Abraham out of Ur but from reading our text, it was actually Terah that left Ur and traveled more than 3,000, excuse me, traveled more than 3,211 miles to get to that point. But for some reason, he stopped in Haran, which was just 250 miles short of Canaan which strangely was also the name of his son that had died earlier before he left, his son that passed away. Now think about it with me. After traveling all of that distance from his native land, traveling 3,211 miles, he stopped short. 92% of his journey had been completed. He only had 250 miles to go left to accomplish his goal. But after traveling 3,211 miles, he stopped short. He settled. If you read the next chapter, you'll see that God didn't call Abram until Terah, his father, died. When God said those foundational words to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, Abraham was only 250 miles from Canaan. After his father had already traveled 3,211 miles to get his family to that point, I need for you to think about the narrative and the context right there. Now, with that in mind, I have to wonder if it was originally Terah who God originally called to go to the land of Canaan. 
I can't shake the feeling that the same blessing and covenant that God made with Abraham and had in mind with, for Abraham was first put into the mind of his father. He only had 250 miles to go, but he stopped to take a break and stayed there for 25 years. He died there. And, it was, and God's will had to continue on through his son, Abraham. Right after Terah died and God spoke to Abraham, telling him to go to where his father was intending to go in the first place. It was Abraham that ended up finishing the journey. So I now have to ask, what happens when a rest stop ends up being where you decide to stay? What happens when your temporary shelter becomes a home? When the place that you ran to to get out of the rain becomes the place that you end up settling in? What happens when you stop short of the intended destination that God has in mind for you. With those questions in mind, I'll say our title for today, which is Don't Settle. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't Settle. Now, there are stories of explorers and settlers that had a destination in mind and started off on their journey, on their way to their destination, only to stop and settle at some stopping point different from their intended destination. A huge part of the history of our nation and its vast expanse has to do with a nationalistic misinterpretational philosophy that was very prominent in the mid to late 1800s called Manifest Destiny. Manifest Destiny was the idea that the United States was destined by God to spread its, to expand its dominion and to spread democracy capitalism and a with a strong current of racial animus across the entire North American continent from sea to shining sea from the Atlantic all the way to the Pacific that philosophy drove the 19th century US territorial expansion and was used to justify the forced removal of Native Americans and other groups from their lands no matter how long they had been living there. Millions upon millions of settlers left their homes in the east and moved westward in search of land, better life, and new beginnings. It's where the term, go west, young man, comes from. Out west was a new life. Out west was a new future that you couldn't imagine. Some of the larger cities that were built in Oregon and Washington and New Mexico and California and even these states themselves are a result 
of manifest destiny. Now, it wasn't always a safe trip. There was no, there were no roads or highways in existence in the 1800s. No GPS to guide the travelers. In fact, and in many cases, the journey ended up in disaster. Whole wagon trains would disappear at times for one reason or another. Check the history. It was a very perilous journey. And again, that journey was 1,000 miles shorter than the journey that Terah took to Canaan, or on the way to Canaan. Now, why did I go through that bit of history? I did it to point out the fact that if you look at the route from the east to the west, to these states, you'll see a number of smaller and small towns along the way. We have neighborhoods in Los Angeles County that are bigger than some of these towns, that are larger than the population of some of these towns. I mean, if you blink, you'll drive right by them on the highway, and you'll never even know that they were there. Now, I'm not trying to besmirch these small towns. They make up the, the heart of America. So I'm not trying to besmirch our small towns, but they exist because people settled there. They weren't the final destinations of the people that settled there. Maybe the travelers were tired or they were weary and they could go no further. Maybe the relatives of some of the settlers that were traveling out west died in these places. Maybe they found what they needed. Maybe they found what they were looking for and they decided to stay. But they were rest stops. They were stops along the way. No one left their homes back east with these places in mind as their final destination. They exist because at some point in time or another, someone that may have been on their way to someone else for some reason said, you know what? I think we're good right here. Yeah, let's stay here. They had their minds set on going somewhere, and they'd stopped along the way and settled. Now, whether we realize it or not, my friends, we are all on a journey. God has a destination in mind for each and every one of us. I'm not just talking eternally, but in our lives here on earth, he has a destination, a purpose in mind for us. It's what we mean when we speak about God's will for our lives. I've said it before, and I will continue to say it that in order to truly find out what this relationship and this purpose is, you have to get in relationship with God and following his will for your life. And it's the only way that you'll find true meaning and purpose for your life. It is the only way that you will reach that destination. Oh, that's a praise point right there. Amen. That's the only way that you'll reach your purpose and that you'll have meaning 
is to fully getting in relationship with Almighty God. His word says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. That you would have a future and a hope. Now, thoughts of peace, thoughts of a future, thoughts of hope. Think thoughts of peace, thoughts that you would have a future, thoughts of hope. Anything other than peace, a good future, and hope is not of God. Accepting anything less than thoughts of peace, than a, of a good future and hope, accepting anything less than those things in your life will simply be settling. Some of you today and watching online have made it through and survived some things that would have driven other people insane. But you are still here. Some of you have been left by your spouses. Some of you have lost your, lost your children. Some of you have faced tragedy that would have driven some people to the insane asylum, but you are still here. Look at your neighbor and say, I am still here. You have survived to this point, but your survival is only part of your journey. There's further God has for you to go. There's more that God has to do in your life. There may be someone else out there that is dealing with the same kind of tragedy that you have survived. They may need your testimony to make it through, so don't settle. Don't stop short. Your purpose is just a little bit further. Your blessing is just a little bit further. Don't settle. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise on today. Hmm. Let me tell you something. If God has a blessing for me at the end of a long journey, I'm not going to stop short. I'm not going to give up. Oh, I'm going all the way. We've come too far to stop now. Let's go all the way. Let's give the Lord another praise on this morning. Bishop likes to tell a story. He likes to tell a story of the man that decided to become a prospector during the time of the great gold rush in 1848. He had heard how some people had become astronomically rich in a second by striking gold. And he wanted in on that plan. He pictured himself living in the lap of luxury, never having another care in the world, being able to buy whatever he wanted and to do whatever he wanted so he sold all that he had and used the money to buy mining equipment and passage to the west where all the gold was. Hugged his wife and family and told them goodbye and said, I'm going to make something. We're going to be 
all right. So he finally made it to the Sierra Nevada mountains, staked the claim, and started digging. After many, many months of not striking gold, he grew weary and despondent. Still, he would get up each and every morning and swing that pickaxe, hoping to strike gold. One more swing, he would tell himself. I'm going to strike gold on the next swing. I've given up everything that I have. I have left my life and my family behind. But on the next swing, I'll strike gold. Just one more swing. Just one more swing. Just one more swing. Just one more swing. Well, eventually, out of desperation and frustration, he decided that he could not take another swing. He was finished. He threw his pickaxe down, turned away from the boulder that he had been swinging at, and cursed God, earth, and everything in between, and stormed away from his claim, frustrated, penniless, and defeated. Gone. Well, a day later, another miner came and staked his claim, where the former miner had spent so much of his time trying to find gold. He looked around the claim, looked around and saw everything that had been left behind. He went into the hole where that previous miner had spent so much of his time digging and happened upon the same pickaxe that the miner before him had threw down in desperation and frustration right in the same place. The same pickaxe that the other miner threw down before cursing God and earth, he picked up that pickaxe, that pickaxe and swung it just one time at the very same spot and struck gold. With one swing of that pickaxe, that next miner benefited from all of the pain and the effort and the blood and the sweat and the tears of that previous miner. All that previous miner would have had to do was swing one more time. And he would have had everything that he set out to have. Now this lets us know that if you do not move into the promise that God has in mind for you, then someone else will gladly move into that promise. And they will be living and benefiting off of all of the work and labor that you put into trying to get that promise. Someone here needs to be reminded that failure only comes when you decide to stop trying. Like Thomas Edison said, when he, after trying more than 1,000 times to develop a working filament for the first working light bulb, he said, I failed my way to success. Heavy hitters, the ones that hit the most home runs, also struck out a lot. Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times. He struck out 1,330 times, but he also hit 714 home runs. 
Roland Macy. You all know about Macy's? Let all the ladies know if you know about Macy's. Y'all know about Macy's? Roland Macy failed in business seven times. He had seven business investments, seven attempts at trying to start a business, and he failed seven times before Macy's of New York took hold. English novelist John Creasy got 753 rejection slips from publishers before he published 564 books. What if Thomas Edison stopped on his 50th try? Now, when we say let there be light, all we have to do is hit a switch. You are standing under the result of Thomas Edison's success. What if Babe Ruth stopped trying after he struck out that 100th time? What if Mr. Creasy, after getting his 500th rejection slip, said, well, the Lord has just, just closed that door on me. I, just, I guess I'm just not supposed to do that. Only after trying and failing again. Do not worry about failure. Worry only about the chances you miss when you stop trying. Somebody here needs to know, do not worry about failure. Worry only about the chances you miss when you stop trying. Don't settle. Somebody here is just a few swings away from everything that God has for you. Somebody here is just a few swings away from everything that God has for you, but the devil is trying to get you to give up. Life is telling you that it's too late for you to try to go back to school, that you are too old to try to change your life for the better. You need to just give up. You need to just settle where you are. Someone in here is being told by life that what you did in the past is too bad and those whom you have hurt will never forgive you. I do not know who you are talking to, but you cannot give up. Anything other than a good future, anything other than peace, anything other than hope in your life for you to accept anything other than those things is settling. Do not settle until you have those things in your life. You may even be at a place that's very comfortable for you, and you have everything you need, but it might not be the place that God has in mind for you. Haran must have had everything that Terah needed because he stayed there for 25 years. Something in Haran let him know or made him think that everything he needed was right there, but it was not the land. It was not the destination. It was not the promise that God had in mind for him. Do not settle. Again, the Bible never really gives us an indication as to why Terah settled in Haran. We'll never know why. 
But we do know that when he left Ur, his hometown, it was with the intention to go to Canaan. What we do know is that he died before ever making it to his intended destination. He never saw Canaan with his own eyes, and Canaan was the land of promise. What I need for you to understand is that God has a destination in mind for you. And you have to make sure that you don't let anything, anything, anything stop you from getting to that destination. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise if you're not going to let someone stop you. You need to remember that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. You need to remember that before he formed you in your mother's womb, that he called you, that he put purpose inside of you, that he put a destination inside of you, that he put greatness inside of you. Don't settle. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone at this point that a big part of the vision here at West Angeles is to remind us that God has put something inside of all of us. Something that will come out of us as a result of us getting closer to him. That will make the world a better place. That will make us salt and light. You see, not only do we want you to get saved and on your way to heaven, but we want you to be whole as well as holy. I'm going to say that again. We want you to be whole as well as holy. I want to thank my brother Philip White for making the designation, for pointing out the difference. We want you to be whole as well as holy. What does that mean? It means that not only do we want you to spend eternity in heaven, but we want you to connect you with your source and your creator so he can reveal to you the purpose while you were here in this life. Christ came so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. Not just you getting your pie in the sky and living an eternity in heaven with the Lord and the angels, but we need for you to realize your purpose while you are here. The world needs you to be who you are in God. I believe that there's some entrepreneurs and artists and writers and engineers and architects and scientists up in here. God has put it in some of us to be professors and teachers and CEOs and inventors and innovators. There is infinite creativity and vision sitting in these seats right here and online right here this morning, and it is all inside of you. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about. Give the Lord praise if God, if you know God has put something inside of you. But you can't settle. The Lord doesn't want you to stop short of what he is, has for you in his will. He doesn't want you to settle in Haran. He doesn't want you to settle in Haran. He wants you to go all the way in him. All the way in his will. 
all the way in his purpose, all the way in his power. Someone here under the sound of my voice online is about to give up on their dream. The purpose that God has put inside of you. You face obstacles and setbacks and you're wondering if what you know God put inside of you is ever going to come to pass. Now, I'm not talking about those frivolous, selfish dreams that we sometimes have that we're going to be rulers of the world. But I'm talking about those dreams that come out of God's will for us. His purpose for us. Someone under the sound of my voice today is wondering if you're ever going to be able to get that degree. If you're ever going to be able to start that business. Ever going to write that book that you know is going to be a blessing to someone's life. You're thinking about giving up. You're thinking about stopping. You're thinking about settling. Don't settle. Don't give up. I'm here to let you know that you are closer now than you've ever been. You're closer now than you've ever been. It is just a few swings away. Do not give up in the name of Jesus. Do not give up. I'm here to remind someone that if your dreams line up with God's purpose for your life, then all you have to do is keep going forward and never give up. Don't give up. You're just a few swings away. I know that it may seem like it has taken too long and that too much time has passed by, but I think it was Confucius that said, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. Our Bible says the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but he that endures to the end. Some of us never even started trying on our journey because we were too afraid to fail. But it was Samuel Beckett that said, ever tried, ever failed. No matter, try again, fail again, fail better. We may fall, but even in the middle of trying, just make sure you fall forward instead of falling back. Oh, you're going to fall in life because nobody is perfect, but when I fall, I at least want to fall forward. Because even when you fall forward or fail forward, you're a little bit closer to your destination. It was the great preacher Charles Spurgeon that said, by perseverance, even the snail reached the ark. By perseverance, even the snail reached the ark. Don't give up. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't give up. Oh, let's give the Lord a praise. Praise the Lord with me on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. West Angeles, as a church, we're on a journey as well. From 1945, God has brought us from so far. From Vermont to Adams to Central Boulevard 
to Crenshaw and Jefferson, to Crenshaw and Exposition, God did not allow us to settle and stay on Vermont Avenue. Y'all don't even know where that church was on Vermont. He didn't allow us to stay on Adams Boulevard. In fact, Pastor Charles Blake Sr. at that time said that West Angeles would die if it stayed on that corner on Adams, so we kept going. I can only imagine what would have happened if we decided to stop moving forward and stayed on Crenshaw Boulevard and Jefferson. God had further for us to go. He's brought us to this place, our Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And guess what, beloved? He did not bring us this far to leave us. He has further for us to go, West Angeles. He has more ground for us to take. He wants to take us higher. He wants to take us onward. He wants to take us upward. Somebody give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. But we can't settle. We can't settle. I know that things are changing and will change in our church as we move forward. But there are some things about who we are that are never going to change. We're always going to preach Christ and Christ crucified. We're always going to preach holiness. We're always going to give the Lord praise. We're always going to be a tongue-talking, hand-clapping, foot-stomping, Holy Ghost-filled, Church of God in Christ. Somebody give the Lord praise up in here. Hallelujah. I know that he didn't bring us this far to leave us. Hallelujah. We have to realize and recognize and celebrate that the glory of the Lord has not left this house. He's going to take us even higher. Even though we find ourselves in situations that we have no control over, we serve a God that does have control. And he said that he would never leave us. He said that he would be with us even into the end of the age. He said that he would be our sword and our shield. He said that he would be our rock and our fortress. Even though we are here together in the midst of all of this change, there is one thing, one thing that will never change. And that is our Heavenly Father. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons and daughters of Jacob. He is the same today, yesterday, and to forevermore. He said that he would be with us even into the end of the age. He did not leave us this far. He did not bring us this far to leave us. Jesus himself said these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things 
that God has prepared for those who love him. Give the Lord praise if you love the world or love the Lord on this morning. Give the Lord praise if you love him on this morning. If you love him, I has not seen what he has prepared for you on this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, and everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. Oh, just take a few seconds to worship the Lord on this morning. Just take a few seconds to worship him on this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, don't look at me. Worship him for yourself on this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Don't give up on God, because he won't give up on you. Mm. He's able. Oh, just worship and sing with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's able. place or mode of change that you are in, everyone, heads bowed, eyes closed, we've come to that moment of decision. Even though you're in a room full of people, this is a very private moment between you and our Heavenly Father, because no one can see your thoughts, no one can see your heart, but you and our Heavenly Father. But whatever place or mode of change or transition that you may be in today, I'm here to let you know that God's hand is on you. He has a plan for each and every one of us, whether you know it or not. It is our admonishment that you would get in line with that plan. All we have to do is put ourselves in line with that plan and not give up. Don't settle. There may be someone here, someone online that realizes and will admit that now is the time. Now is the time to bring your life in line with the plan and the destination and the purpose that God has in mind for you. You may not know what the future holds, but you know who holds the future. If you want to, if you want to be put in the hands of he who holds the future, just come forward. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, that you would have a future and a hope. If you feel that you have 
settled. If you know that God has a destination in mind for you, you do not have to settle where you are now. Our God wants to take you further. All you have to do is give your life to him now, and this journey that you've been on will begin to make sense. All of the pain that you have been through will begin to make sense. All of the setbacks that you have experienced in your life will begin to make sense. Just open your heart to him today. Just, just don't settle. I'm begging you, do not settle. God has a destination in mind for you. If you know that God has more for you, or even if you're wondering if God has more for you, further for you to go, come to the altar. We want to pray with you. Even if you're already saved and you're wondering if this is it, God has more for you, just come to the altar. Even if you've known Christ and been coming to West Angeles for a long time, you need to realize that God has more for you. Do not settle. Just come forward. Oh, it's true that we need to believe in God, but what somebody here needs to realize is that God believes in you. Just don't settle. He has more for you. Just don't settle. He has more for you. We want you to know that you are not on this journey alone. Just don't settle. I see my sister Arista Pemberton down here. We want to praise the Lord for what God is doing in her life. They just recently interviewed her in the Sentinel newspaper. Don't settle. God has more for you. You're not finished yet. I say that to everyone. Do not settle. My brothers right here, you can't imagine what God has in mind for you. The Lord needs more strong soldiers like you. You're on your way. Just get in line with his purpose. You're not alone. We're going to walk on this journey with you. Just don't settle. We want to travel with you. We want to walk with you. Anything less than a good future, anything less than peace, anything less than a hope is settling. God has all of these things in mind for you. Oh, let's pray together. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you.